Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk, the podcast where we talk about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. I'm Tim, and Frank is not here this week. Uh, Frank is, it took the week off, and he is ironically palling around uh, Vancouver two months after Supergirl wrapped uh, its um, filming for for the show. So a mistimed trip if there ever was one. But with me this week is friend of the show and great podcast host in his own right. It is Brent. How are you today? I'm back. I'm You're just a couple back. weeks away and I'm barging back in. <laughs> you know, usually you're supposed to kind of barge your way in at the beginning or the middle of a show, not at the very end where you're like, it's like Cousin Oliver. Like, no, the show's already over. Like, I, I wanted to get my time. I wanted my time. <laughs> Well, chances are we're going to see you at least one more time before the, uh, before this show wraps. So, um, Brent, uh, just at the start of the episode, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you in case they uh, they missed it the last couple of times you've been on the show? Uh, sure. I'm at Brent Tag Prime on Twitter. I co-host Fans Without Borders, a bi-weekly show that covers Marvel, DC, Star Wars, whatever we feel like talking about. And then I co-host a weekly show called Marvel Alliance, which is... Um, Marvel, all things Marvel, comics, movies, TV shows, whatever. We talk about it all. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Fans Without Borders is great. I, I think the the concept of even the title of the show is like magical. Like, Thank guess you. what? Guess what, everybody? We can all like the same things. It's okay. Uh, and I love that. I love that about your show. So, but thank you so much for coming on today. I do have a bit of sad news. Um, Frank turned off mail delivery. He told the post office not to send any uh, mail our way because he knew that he was going to be gone on vacation. So there will be no mailbag today. No, no, no oh. opening of the bag this week. I always enjoy it when you open the bag, but Thanks. next next week maybe it'll <laughs> be bad. I enjoyed when you opened the bag personally. You know, I, I went for it. I went for it. I liked it. I liked it. So we can uh, we can jump right into uh, the stats for the show. It is episode number fourteen of season six, the final season. Episode title: Magical Thinking, written by Karen E. Mazer and Derek Simon, directed by Simon Burnett. Um, Overall, this was a pretty good episode, Brent. I I, I liked it. It, mm-hmm. it didn't find it to be actually. I found it truthfully. I found it a little bit better than some of the the ones that we had been we had been looking at pretty recently. Uh, apart from AZ's episode about the kind of the origin of Guardian Two, um, but I uh, this was good. It wasn't great, but I I certainly enjoyed the ride. I think there was a lot of good character moments in this episode uh, and good action. It was a nice blend of all things Supergirl. What did you think? Yeah, I th- I thought this had quite a bit quite a bit to enjoy. It was just kind of a fun episode. You know, I mean, it, we'll we'll get there obviously, but it's just throughout it, several different things at different points it's like I'm just it's just a fun it's different. It's just different. There's some stuff with Nixley, you know, your villain was different and I you know, this episode or this season's been kind of hit and miss for me, but this this was a good one. Yep. Yeah, it's um for a final season, it's a little bit more missed than hit for for me, but um, but I I think that 
it's still consistently Supergirl, and I and I enjoy that. So let's start with that was a good bit. Uh, I'll start us off. Uh, we start with a game night, a nice actually a nice shot with uh, the Jenga piece, steady hands from Alex, and because she's a doctor, I was thought it was funny. Um, but a game night is always a win, and I appreciate that. And it was actually a really cool shot as she was taking it through the Jenga mm-hmm. piece out, like right away. Is just a really cool shot. Yeah. I, uh, I first one I have written down was I just really enjoyed William asking John, "Am I supposed to call you Mister Manhunter?" Just I tried like that too. Do I call you Sean, Mister Manhunter? Sean <laughs> uh, is fine. At that first, it's funny because John was so pro William showing up, and then William's there, and he's like giving him the cold shoulder John treatment, and I'm like, you could be a little warmer, John. It's okay. It's well, not as, like, as they told you late, late in the episode, he keeps things close. Close to the vest. He sure does. He sure does. Um, speaking of keeping things close to the vest, actually, I really liked Nia's line when she said, well, don't look so surprised. I'm smart, too. You guys are just show-offs. And I liked Lena and Supergirl being like, well, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed a lot that William was a part of this week. And another one was Alex simply telling him, you know, Kara doesn't even know that I'm with the super friends. So you can't That's, tell anybody. I'm like such a good secret ID cover right there. It is a good secret ID cover. Although I just, he's sitting, he's like in that room with most of the people. He's like, okay, I, Lena and Alex, no masks, Jean. Okay. I know that Kara knows and is friends with all of you. And then he's looking at Supergirl, and he's like, yep, that's not Kara. That's definitely just Supergirl. And even her this week, we never saw her with the glasses on. So it's like you were just Supergirl the whole episode. Even uh, even at the beginning when she showed up in her apartment, was she not wearing she, her glasses? She wore, she wore you know, the, the civilian clothes, but no glasses. Oh. And everybody she's with knew the secret identity, so there was no point to... Uh, to keep on her mask, so to speak. No wearing those glasses. See, this, I, that just continues to cement my point that I think that she is not going to, um, I think that she is, uh, she's going to ditch the dual identities by the end of the show and be Kara Danvers, Supergirl, all one, all one thing together. Um, mm-hmm. yep. you know, I heard, I heard you say that last on the last episode and, uh, I, I think I think you're dead on with that. And then of course, yeah, everyone thinks she's going to fly off into space or go to the future with Monel or whatever. But at some point, everybody's going to know who she is. Which is that going to create problems for Clark and Superman? Probably not, but it, you would think it would. Mm, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. It probably won't. I think that in reverse. Well, and I think Superman and Lois is kind of in a world unto its own, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm well. I'm going backwards because like. Superman, uh, what, last year, two years ago, revealed his identity to the world in the comics. And so, like, we're mm-hmm, kind of watching yeah. that happen. So we're watching that almost in reverse here on the on the show. So, But that didn't really cause problems for Supergirl uh, in the comics. So probably won't for Clark here. Who knows? But anyway, um, let's see. Uh, I liked Sentinel and Guardian um, kicking butt together, but having the like, how is your day conversation as they were fighting? They're like, oh, you know, we, you mm-hmm. had a, that thing with that. What's her name? What's that girl's name? Ismay. Ismay. That's right. And then blah blah blah. But I also thought that Sentinel and Guardian t- together, like, that's a good dynamic duo name. Like, yeah, Guardian's getting pretty comfortable in her role as Guardian. Like, she's really taking to it. I'm, I'm enjoying seeing that. 
Me too. I she's been guardian for like two, three episodes, and it's better than all of the time that James was guardian. Uh, I just more, feel more comfortable. Organic. It just it feels more true to the character than mm-hmm. James. They never knew what to do with. Nope, never. Since the pilot, they really didn't know what to do with him. And it feels organic, but also like her chosen name, the colors, like all of it feels more organic than James just kind of being guardian and blah, blah, blah. We've talked, I've talked about this ad nauseum on the show. We can just move on to more good bits. Your turn. Sure. Uh, Lena and her magic, you know, she, she failed later. She got it partially right. Didn't go the way she wanted, but she at least got some kind of results. And then finally succeeds at the end. I, I am really enjoying this little subplot of Lena, the, the scientist, the analytical, having to tap into her instinct and intuition, as she put it. Mm-hmm. I like the she's she's almost approaching magic with the scientific method, like the way that you kind of put it, like, I'm going to put this hypothesis out there and try it and experiment and this and the I like like I've never really seen anybody approach magic that way. Even even Dr. Strange, like from Marvel, who is also like uh, who's a medical professional, you know, a scientist in his own right. And he does not approach magic that way. Even he kind of just rolls with it. Uh, but so I like the I like Lena actually trying to figure it out. It's fun. Um, speaking of that, I enjoy Nia, uh, who couldn't tell her left from her right, and Nia, <laughs> Lena broke my brain. <laughs> that was that was funny. I I, mm. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it was a lot of good comedy from from Nia this episode. I thought like she, you know, when Brainy's when Brainy's gone for an episode, like Dreamer really steps up the the, the her a game for her comedy. I I'm appreciating it. Yeah, she she did great with that. Uh, I loved when Supergirl shows up at one of the riots and the guy just runs into her palm. I think it's when she's uh, there in the gardens. Yes, he um, just bounces off of her. That was real fun. There was a lot of good use of um, superpowers in this episode and I I'm, I love when they actually give thought to how their powers work instead of it being like a generically strong or generically fast or whatever. I like there was there was some good stuff in here. Yeah, uh, the, there was the one with John phasing his hand through the window, grabbing the guy, and then just pulling him out of the car. He didn't just smash the window like we normally would see in this. He actually took the time to go through the window, but he didn't phase him out. He pulled him through that way. I, that was, I rewound that, was awesome. that and watched it several times. It was awesome. There's something about Jean phasing that I really appreciate. And I watching him fight, especially this season, I really wish they had made the decision in earlier seasons for him to participate in the action, not looking green because we could have like, we could have seen some really cool. More of it. Yeah. So that's all right. You know, I'll, I'll live with what we have. And there is actually quite a lot of Martian Manhunter throughout sprinkled throughout the show, but could have had tons um bah, 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 cool I thought actually this is generic but there's a lot of cool flying sequences um in this episode like there was one where like car is kind of like falling and the camera's following her from behind and she kind of like stumbles into uh the tower like that was uh, there's a lot of a lot of good cuts um around where the cg starts and ends in this one i liked it a lot yeah, I, I like that Nixley, who, you know, is a fifth dimensional villainous imp, lost because they made her feel humanity. They made her care about people and care about things and care about the planet. And I just I found that really funny because they 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 got to the it was Care Bear style. They got to the villain by making her care. 
Oh, it totally was Care Bear style. That's right. I didn't even think about that. It is. I mean, that's how they try to appeal to most of their villains first. They're like, I really would like you to um, care. You know, could you, you know, see how what you're doing is terrible and you should fix it. Um, and I, I liked that. Um, I, I liked that it wasn't. I like that it wasn't permanent either that like she wasn't always going to care, but she does. It is lingering. So it kind of proves that we'll get this into the storytime village, but it does kind of prove that she's not all bad. Like even if it, it took the extreme amount of empathy to get her to that place to realize that like, actually it's maybe, maybe there's some good in you after all. It was good to see. Mm hmm. Um, we both have this one, uh, but I'll give, I'll give you the honor of saying what it is. Uh, yes. Supergirl being just shot at by that one guy and her just kind of looking at the bullet, catching it and flicking it back at him to knock him out. It's like, man, that feels like a dangerous move there. You got to have real strength control with that bullet. But I, I don't know. Awesome yeah. I don't, I don't know where, why my brain went dark, but as soon as she yep. flicked, started to flick the bullet, I was like, Oh, this is going to get like, that's dangerous. Like, not that the rest of it isn't, but like strength control. That's an immense amount of control that she she showed. But it, it's just so nice to see something classic like bullets bouncing off of Always. Supergirl. That's nice. I um I enjoyed that. I enjoyed Dreamer's Black Widow moves as she took down uh she took down some of the guys fighting. Um she it's nice to see her really be a hero in her own right physically, not just using her dream powers. Um, and of course, pot stickers made a comeback at the end of the episode. Always happy to see that. Um, so, and grabbing her with her fingers, Kara, so classy, so classy. Yeah, it's a classic for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. That was a good bit. That was a good bit, Brent. Thank you so much for that. Uh, there was no Professor Comics Corner that I saw this week. Um, uh, there was also nothing in here that I really questioned that my eyebrow went up for that was a decision and Brainy was absent this episode. So there's no Brainy quote of the week. So here we go. Um, we're flying by. We're flying in through this episode. It's crazy. Let's slow down. How are you? Nice to talk to you too. All right. Let's talk. Let's do story time village. We actually got, uh, we actually went through the whole gamut of our themes this week, which has not been the case the last couple of weeks. They've been very um, stringent on which ones they were covering, but I think everything kind of spilled out here. So let's start with the abuse and limits of power from within and without. Let's talk about Andrea and what a terrible human being she is. She thinks she's worse than Nixley. Um, like, so she hacked, she hacks her employee's computer to read his story as he's writing it which to me my first thought was are you sure you're just not using google docs i had the exact same <laughs> thoughts i was like google docs is hacking your computer buddy <laughs> yeah i was like are you are you sure that's what she's doing but i mean william would know he's very competent so yeah, yeah, um but also are you sure it's just not a shared document, and then she just doesn't have access to all the documents that you create. But either way, that's fine. That feels like an abuse of power either way. Um, but the real thing is that when he William stands up to her, she's like, okay, but I'm moving your desk next to the bathroom. Like, what is that? 
Like, did you learn nothing last season, Andrea, about anything, about being a nice person? It, it it felt like like the corporate version of just like her Andrea just sticking her tongue out at him like fine you win but eh, you know it's yeah. like eh, you didn't do anything like he he told you like he's the one who got the in with the super friends he's the one who has all this access you need him more and he's like I'll just go to the Daily Planet you know the people at the number one of those rankings you're trying to get for and she's like well you have to hear the toilet flush <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah it just I don't understand. Like, um, I think they're trying to make her cat grant by the end of the season, you know, like that kind of biting, don't get on my side, but I actually care, but I'm doing like, I, I don't, I guess that's what they're trying to do, but I don't know. I just, she, she's, she feels inconsistent. Like one week she's like, I, like, I trust my employees to do their thing. And, and now, and also I'm moving their desk next to the bathroom because yeah if they're trying to go the cat grant like turn her into a pseudo cat grant it's not working because cat always had the snide remarks but then later like you always knew she genuinely cared about these people that's like, right she truly did like you know like she knew supergirl's secret ahead of time and stuff and she kept that to herself it, she genuinely cared and i just don't get that from under and she she goes in spurts you know what she's not outright villainous but she's just not a very good person Nope, she's not. And I thought that she, her character growth by the end of last season kind of led us to believe that she would be somebody of kind of moral uprightness, but she's just kind of, she's backsliding almost every week. She goes a little bit further. So not a, not a, Andrea's not on my, my fan list, but anyway, um, I thought Kara's plan to stop Nixley, um, you know, because it, it violates more people's lives. They're like, oh, if we make more people um, live without compassion to overwhelm Nixley, um, you know, that could work. And I, it's all of all people. It's Lena who is like, I'm not about that level of manipulation, like for the greater good. That's not good. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I like I like that it's Lena that is like, no this is wrong. That's too much. Like you're, you're thinking about this wrong. You're, you're using your power in the wrong way. Um, because just last season that Lena was doing exactly that. Right. And so there, whereas Andrea doesn't really get your character growth. We have a lot of it from Lena. Yeah. It's like Supergirl and Lena were playing each other's parts. It's like they got the wrong person's script that day because <laughs> Supergirl's the one who was like, no, let's forget about the part where we're going to remove all compassion from people. I don't see how that could go wrong at all. And Lena's like, nope, slow it down. Slow it down. Yep. People have rights. <laughs> yep, let's back, use some common sense. Beep, beep, beep. Back it up, Supergirl. Back it yeah. up. Well, I guess what they are really trying to get at is that Kara is so stressed out because of Nixley and what she can do and all this stuff. But I don't, I, they tell us that the threat level is high, but I don't feel it probably the way that I should. Like, I felt like there was way more, I like there's way more stress when rain came around than anytime Nixley shows up, even though Nixley is way more powerful than, than rain ever was. Um, I just don't feel that level of um I just don't feel that level of um worry or stress so Kara stressing about it um doesn't feel supernatural. 
that's not the right way the right way to say that because that's a real word doesn't feel incredibly natural there you know nixley uh, when she was at the height of like feeling all her humanity and stuff started breaking down and being upset because she's like i could snap my fingers and solve this problem snap my fingers and solve that problem and so it seems like everything she does doesn't feel like a as far as stakes are concerned, like there's a permanence to it because it can, she can, with a snap of the fingers, it can be fixed. It can be reversed. Whereas someone like rain was much more physical in nature. The threat she posed was going to take, you know, months in Supergirl time for like even Supergirl to heal from. So I mean, maybe that's part of why you're not feeling it as much because you logically know, well, it can all be fixed with a, literally a snap of the fingers. That's true. And I don't always necessarily feel that way about magic, but it, but it, I do feel that way about fifth dimensional magic because it's all about like, nope, the thing's back to the way it was. Things are back to the way it was. Things are back to the way it was. That's, you know, that's just the way the stories are, have always been written. So I think that's it. That's actually really, um, that's a really intelligent thought like that, it's a, it's not as physical. And so I'm not feeling it the same way. So yeah, that's okay. Good for you. I'm glad Thank you're you. here. That I'll was really it. good. I'll take it. Gold star. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> take my um, own star. Yeah. You could take, it's fine. Take three gold stars. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Be a three star general. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> Something tells me it's a little harder to get to that point, but okay, we'll go with it. Probably. I mean, maybe not in this universe, in our own universe. Sure. And you know, who knows what's possible. I mean, in- snap of the fingers, right? A snap of the fingers. That's right. Yeah, but, but we can it can be undone. I can take that gold star. Um, uh, all right. So overcoming fear, grief, pain, and anger. So we, this is the totem for um, this is the totem for the heart for compassion. What it you know, Alina says that you know we associate being human with compassion and empathy. That's like what separates. Um, that's what separates humans from other creatures on the planet. So that's kind of her, that's her thing. So taking that away is the totem is the gauntlet. Like, how do you survive? Um, how do you survive either taking away somebody's compassion or how do you survive so much of it that you can't feel? Um, what I kind of like, what I liked about this is that Kara's compassion is usually so, full so big that she doesn't have to undergo that gauntlet from the story sense the same way because she knows what it is to feel for everybody on the planet already but what it while nixley is feeling more and more and more empathy car is feeling apathy which leads to her plan of let's just give everyone let's like let's just Take away more compassion and see what happens. Uh, and I, I kind of liked those divergent paths for Nixley and Kara in this episode. You know, I had really expected to get maybe a couple more flashbacks or something based on my presumptions based on the last episode with the gauntlet she had to do when we got those callbacks to the earth, season one. And here it, it took me a bit to figure out, Oh, the, the gauntlet is, there is no gauntlet. Like it's just the active use of the totem. It's like, I thought they had like laid some ground rules. I'm like, you're breaking them in round two, but that's interesting because well, it's too early to declare them the ground rules. So now it makes me wonder what will the next totems gauntlet be like? How is that going to be different? You know, that's a great, I didn't, I had forgotten about the flashbacks by the time that I, you know, from last week. And so I hadn't thought about it, but I, last week I did say like, oh, what a cool way to clip show 
mm-hmm. the you know the the whole series leading up to the end. But I guess that's not what they're doing. Um, but that's okay. But but I mean, also, I Kara shows compassion and empathy almost every episode consistently for six seasons. So I guess where do you? kind of what do you clip together what do you choose um because her whole modus operandi is kind of empathy um and then hope so um which obviously i think we'll probably save to the end um that seems to be the totem they'll save for last i mean that's what she was the paragon of right i believe so yep yeah they should definitely save that for the last yep um and uh but i mean like we're moving on to dreams next because dreamers like i think i know something about dreams winks at camera uh, so maybe we won't be clip showing then, although dreams is a great way to clip show, right? A passage mm-hmm. through somebody's dreams. Well, so maybe they, they established the rule, but they cheated in the second just to bring us home for the third. I don't know. We'll find out. We will find out. But, um, we talked about this a little bit. You talked about this in the good bit, but Lena can't get the spell to work because she's not feeling it. So this whole episode about like the totem and like, feeling compassion and empathy and Lena is really bad at feeling the things, right? She's, she's so analytical that she has a hard time connecting to her heart. And so this, um, so, um, so she can't get the magic to work the way that she wants it to. So I loved William's analogy about his dad because it actually builds character not, I don't say out of nowhere, but like we know that William likes baking, right? Just a few episodes ago, Carl was in Catco and he was like, "Here, I made these, I made these biscuits or whatever. Please, try, please try one. I'm trying, I'm trying the the these vegan recipes or gluten free recipes. I can't remember, but I like that we now know why he's like so into baking. But I like that it. You do have to, if anybody's a chef or a baker or anything, like you do know that a lot of it is feeling like, like I'm. This is how, like, I'm. I'm sensing this is what I need to do. And like people say, like, oh, the best ingredient is love. You <laughs> know, I made these cookies with love. But it's true though. Like it, it actually is true. There's something. There's something sure. intangible about um, making something with feeling. And I, I like that, Lena. It, that's something that she has to work on. And it, it it was nice because it really made her think about the way that what her mother did when she wrote those, those recipes, those spells, but the recipes as they called them like a cookbook to how she was trying to do it now because he said, you know, I was being too analytical and too literal following the recipes and wasn't just putting my own spin on it. And she, she almost was going the other way. It's like she was using modern day techniques to acquire the items, not thinking about what it would have been like for her mother when she originally wrote those and that led them to go into the uh, botanical gardens to get whatever the plant was. I missed the actual name of it, but I, I just thought that was a cool way to, to do it and to force Lena into like uh, working on feeling the feelings, you know, connect to your mom, you know, to mm-hmm. turn, turn off the science for five minutes and let's approach it from a different way. Yeah. I like the, the, the cookbook recipe book, spell book, connection to because like i don't know if you have this in your family but you know like oh this was my great grandmother's you know bundt cake recipe or whatever right, um right. and it should have been passed down through the years but like what was it like to make you know m- you know grandma minerva's special spaghetti sauce you know in eight in 1928 versus 2028 and like what how, 
how are tomatoes different and where do we get them from? And it, like that, I, that is very, that is cool. Um, that to connect with family over food. And so, and they're kind of applying that same thing here too, but with magic. And I just think that it's Lena's magical use still feels a little out of place to me, but I like that they're sticking with it. And it's not just this arbitrary thing that like, Oh now she can do magic. Like it is something that she is not, she's struggling with it in a way that most people don't struggle with how to like learning to be a witch or a wizard. They're always like, oh, I can't get this spell right. Cause I can't say the word or wave the wand the right way. But for her, it's like connecting. It's more about connecting with herself than with the or with her past or her mother or something like that it's almost like um it's almost like the patronus i guess you know like um you know harry's got a like mm -hmm. it's all about like your special memory and how when you are happiest and like somebody else can't do the spell the exact same way as you because their memory is not your memory um so it's a, it's something cool and I, I understand if someone doesn't like it because, you know, she's been such a scientist for years now. And she she's not a character like a Doctor Doom who dabbles in both science and sorcery. She's always, you know, had both feet firmly planted on the scientist side. And who knows, maybe if I thought this show had three more years, I'd feel differently about it. But right now it's wrapping up. It feels different. It feels like do, a way to have a different story for one of your main cast members. I'm, mm -hmm. it, whatever it is, something about it is just clicking with me. That's good. I'm, I'm glad that... I'm glad that it's clicking with somebody, um, you know, whether it's you or somebody else. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's what's so weird is that I love fantasy. I'm a big fantasy fan, but, it, but this story is just not, um, it's just not connecting with me the way that I want it to, but that's okay. I mean, can't have sure. I, I, I think that they're writing it well. It just still feels magic. I don't do well with magic and the super family, I think. and I Well, neither do they, so that works out. Eric, that's true. There you go. Uh, see, I'm glad you're here. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this one. So um, Kelly and Ismay. Um, this is the, the social justice um, component yeah. of the themes. So Ismay who was an alien, the little child, which I completely forgot she was an alien. So when she spits fire back <laughs> yeah. at the people, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, I, had, I just thought she was a little kid with the foster home. I forgot it was an alien foster home and I just lost. I lost it. Um, so she has these new parents and Kelly's checking on her and they have this little, you know, these little bracelets and it's all very cute and stuff. And so Ismay's foster mother sticks her outside to protect the house against those people. And I'm like, I feel like they should go to jail for something like that. Like, like they're like, oh, we return, we're returning Ismay. I'm, I'm pretty sure they take her away from you. Like, you know, that this whole subplot was hard for me. I like it, but it was hard for me. One, so she's like, she goes to check on her. They're making me pancakes for dinner. I'm like, yeah, connecting with food for family and stuff. And every single kid loves pancakes for dinner. I love pancakes for dinner. Everybody loves that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, great. You know, maybe this is going to be, you know, the last foster child that Kelly was working with. I mean, it worked out in the end, but definitely had a rough go at it. And now maybe this one's going to be just a better start. And then. When the fire breathing happened, as ridiculous as it was, 
the foster mom's first reaction wasn't like, oh my God, you're an alien, get away from me. It was like, are you okay? And mm. I'm like, this is great. She's got this nice person. And then, yeah, later it's like, nope, you're my you're my defense, you know, tower defense. Get out there and stop all the people running up. And I almost wondered if it was like if I was trying to remember, like, and I only had time to watch the episode once. So I was like, where was she in relation to the events that caused people to lose their humanity? Like, is that part of why the foster mom was chucking her out there? Was she connected oh. at all to that? I'm not sure if she was. I don't Maybe think she, she was. She's a bad person, too. It just puts on a good front. But it went from like, oh, okay, I'm digging this lady to you are horrible real fast. I guess you really just don't know what kind of person you're going to be in certain situations. Right. And it turns out she's not a good one when the world is crumbling apart. She's just not, not a great mom, I guess. Um, but it all, I mean, obviously that this all happened to get to the point to which Alex and Kelly have this moment where they just exchange looks and they're like, we're doing this. Oh yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. Yep. We're making pancakes for dinner a <laughs> lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this has been something for Alex since, Season two, yeah, I think. like when Maggie Sawyer was around, right? Yeah, season two, I think. I mean, that, that, this this goes deep for Alex, and this is paying off a long, long running thing. So hopefully, it works out. And really, uh, who better to understand than somebody who grew up with an alien? And yep, you know, some of my best friends are literally aliens. It's like it, it's perfect. Like they can truly help her in a way that no one else can. I agree, and I it just I have always been pro. Alex's like I want to be a mom story you know, like that's like that's fine that's okay like I don't understand like why she can't feel that way I never understood the arguments against it like oh, they didn't establish it in the pilot of the pilot for season one therefore like it, it it's irrelevant or something but um I like you said it's been a long time coming and we haven't talked about it in a while but there's been this other stuff going on in her in her life but I. She and, and Kelly are in a comfortable place. They're obviously like they're obviously good good with one another. They're both empathetic people. And to your point, who better than Alex, whose whose sister is adopted, right? Is basically you know is you know uh, an alien. Um, Alex is all of her friends, her line of work. Um, Kelly's um, Kelly's degrees, you know, and like and her emo and her emotional support, like actually very practical and professional emotional support like who better to to raise this kid and so i hope that i don't want to see any drama surrounding this i just would like it to work out yeah and i mean there's not that many episodes left so we don't we don't really have that much time for a ton of drama on it Hopefully, True. hopefully, you know give them their happy ending i realize we're gonna see alex next year on the flash but in general Give the characters their happy ending. I agree. And also, that little kid is so good. Like, she's like a really good child actress. So I'm happy to I'm happy to see more of her. I completely she, agree. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I noticed that like, the camera gonna, lingers on yeah, her. Right? She's like, yeah. I, I'm not going to have a real home. Like, that's heartbreaking. And so... Not every child actor or actress could have delivered that line, and she nope. pulled it off. Nope. I even noticed that, like, I think at one point, I think when they gave, when Isma gave Kelly the 
bracelet, I think. There was like a reaction shot of Ismay, and you don't normally do that with child actors because they don't give you authentic reactions like the way that like uh, the way that an adult actor would but here's this kid just like giving her all and she's doing such a good job and i'm like just this make make the show about her like i'm fine i want i want more ismay team ismay yeah more fire breathing more fire breathing yeah save the day with the fire breathing um and so finally, we have unbiased journalism, which is something that we don't get tons of um, on this show, but I, just, they haven't tackled this theme. But we have William at the tower, kind of the crux of this whole episode, because he's embedded with he says he's embedded with the super friends it's like they don't even like they don't know what he's doing there. Um, and so they have rules that he has to follow, right? He's got to run the story by someone before he publishes it. No secret identities and don't find out about them and don't get in the way of people in need. Those are, I think those are good rules. I don't think that those are, I don't think those are something that you can argue against. Um, It it also feels real, you know, large corporations or sports teams or whatever, they give access for, you know, a day or a couple days or whatever, there are going to be rules of things they can and cannot talk about. There may still be places they cannot go. There will be topics that are going to be uh, off the record. Like it, to me, it felt very natural. Yep. I agree. And I mean, he even said to himself, he's a, he was a war correspondent. So he understands what it's like to be like in the heat of it and knowing like, you know, they, I feel like he that he sets up. They had this conversation. Like he has this conversation with Supergirl, right? And so where she tells him that the most appropriate move is to not report on Nixley because she could use that information against the team, um, and blah blah blah. And William argues that people deserve to know the truth of the danger they face. But he would also know from being a war correspondent that you don't want to publish like every move that the military is making because that it could be used against them. Like some secrets are actually okay. But I also appreciate his like people deserve to know the truth because that's not that's not something we get tons of in the news anymore. Even on Supergirl, it's not something that we're getting tons of because of Andrea. So I, I love that he's like people can be best prepared if they actually know what they're facing instead of, instead of um, pampering them. You know, we saw at the end, Lena and then Cara talking about the article. Lena actually was reading it. I kind of wish there had been a shot of Nixley reading the article too, to kind of prove Cara's point of like, she will see this information also. And then just maybe it doesn't even come up again, but just uh, just as a way to be like, Carl wasn't entirely wrong, just like William wasn't entirely wrong. Like it's not a wasn't a black and white situation. Like there's definitely grays there of how much how much information to put in is too much to to honor people's rights to the truth while also not risking the mission to get Nixley to begin with. Just a shot of her reading it would have been interesting. Yeah, I I agree. Though maybe I mean. Nixley's kind of in on what they do, but she's also not she's not really following their moves. She's more interested in staying out of their way. You know, she doesn't want to get caught, you know, so like anytime they like leave the ship to get a newspaper or something that like could cause a problem for them. Sure. Uh, so maybe it's safe or maybe she just doesn't think to check to those read things. the newspapers. Yeah. yeah. Very possible. Yeah. Just like anybody else. Who knows? Um, 
but well, she I could, she could look it up online. Or yeah, that's true. Ah, yeah, shoot, that yeah, foiled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, no, you're right. But I, I agreed with, I agree with both of them. But again, this goes back to that, like, really, William, you can't, you can't, you can't see that's Kara in there. Really? Really? Um, she's, he's like, yeah, you'd make a good reporter. And she's like, well, <laughs> yeah, a little, little on the news, nose, kind of like they're little on the news, little on the nose, kind of like the, uh, well, it's just another Tuesday. <laughs> they hit the yeah. cold, which I always laugh at those. And then I always follow it up with an eye roll. It's like, okay, <laughs> I guess I appreciate it, but it's a dumb line every time. <laughs> Ah, uh, and I watch on Wednesday mornings, so it doesn't hit me <laughs> I the was same Wednesday way. Afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then so uh, going, we've got to start with Andrea, and we're going to wrap back to her. So she wants William to burn the Super Friends kind of right away, where he argues that it is not in their interest to do that, right? So she wants, she wants clickbait again even though she like started with like no more clickbait that's not what we're about we're about news what is she trying to do clickbait like even when she's trying to be unbiased like she can't do it um and so william ends up doing the story his way um and andrea ends up liking that um and i i just appreciate that he is willing to stand his ground so far to be like if you don't publish it the way that it is i'll go to the planet because they they probably will take it. Um, to which I want to tell Bill, like, just go to the planet, go do it, run away from Andrea. She's, she's not a great boss. And now the question is, will they have moved his desk for the next episode? Will we see a shot of him by the bathrooms while working on his computer? I don't know. I don't know where the bathrooms are in that office. So will we see a new section of Catco? find out next week? Maybe probably not. <laughs> But actually, yes, we're gonna build yeah new set, build new sets with five episodes to go or whatever. It please, is. by all means, please do. Um, well, that was wonderful. That was a wonderful chat uh, all the way through this episode. Before we talk about the trailer TV talk, uh, I would like to tell everybody where they can find us at TV Supergirl on Twitter, and you can email us at uh, SupergirlTVTalk at Gmail You can follow me at Timothy PG thirteen. You can rate and review us on iTunes and all the places that podcasts can be found and you can support us on patreon.com slash thought bubble audio and please check out all other thought bubble audio shows at thought bubble audio.com brent you said it at the beginning but why don't you have so uh why don't you say it here where can the people find you if they're interested in looking uh yeah brent tech prime on twitter and from there you can find uh, marvel alliance and fans without borders the two podcasts i am involved wonderful wonderful okay so uh we have the trailer Nixley. If Nixley's able to figure out the gauntlet and get this hope totem out of the rock, I won't have it. Get that totem. I'm not going to play this game with you, Supergirl. Bring me the totems by sunset. Season 6, episode 15, uh, in which um, there's going to be Supergirl, there's going to be totems, there's going to be Nixley, there's, and there's a lot of Catco uh, in this episode. And there's also a poster of Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the wall, which I thought was hilarious. Um, just, I'm sure it was a, you know, a picture of a cover or something like that of one of their magazines. But I just like, she was like in the background and I was like, Whoa, there she is. Um, did you watch the trailer? I did. I did watch the trailer. Yep. And I, I've, I've got it in front of me and I'm noticing the title of it's hope for tomorrow. So maybe we're wrong about hope being the final totem they go for. Maybe I don't know why. I mean, like she did say, she did say dreams was coming up, but I actually have, um, 
the next episode. So it's hope for tomorrow uh, is hope for tomorrow is the next episode. And the one after that is nightmare in national city, which sounds actually like it could be the dream totem. So maybe you're right. Maybe they, maybe they are going in a different order or maybe one of those like tag, like it wouldn't surprise me if like Nia and Lena went after one and the others are going after the other totem. That's true. I really like when Lena and Nia team up. It's like mm-hmm. something that yep. like you're like, oh, you shouldn't have like ever met in your lives, but here you are being friends. And I really appreciate that. Um, here's the uh, synopsis for this episode. Nickley's Nixley kidnaps William. Supergirl continues to fight Nixley for the remaining totems. But after Nixley kidnaps William, Supergirl realizes she needs to take a more proactive stance to keep National City safe. Meanwhile, Alex faces the biggest challenge of her life. Okay, so I'm going to say if Nixley kidnaps William, then she definitely reads that article. It, very possibly. And you noticed two names that were not in that list, Nia and Lena. So maybe maybe they are splitting up here. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe that, yeah. And we're just watching them in a in a different order. And so, and then Alex facing the biggest challenge of her life, I think. Motherhood. Has to, motherhood, right. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yep, it has nothing to do with Nixley whatsoever and it's all motherhood um and so i wonder what this proactive stance that kara is allegedly going to take to keep national city safe because last time she wanted to take a proactive stance uh it was quote for the greater good so i'm not sure how i feel about kara's um decision making right now yeah i mean she seemed to find her way back by the end of this episode, as the supers always do. But yeah, it's like you just tried the proactive thing, and that didn't quite work. But maybe they just being proactive, like we're gonna f- go get a totem first. We're just gonna go get one, get it off the board. That's true. I mean, that's because that's kind of how this, ep- this this past episode ended, where they were like, okay, these are the ones that are left, so let's go and look for this one. So I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I'm. I can't believe there's only how many let's see this is 14 so there's five episodes left right just because there's only 20 episodes this season so five episodes that's nuts nuts it feels like they have a lot to wrap up in five episodes it it does and i guess i mean i guess they can t- technically leave some of it around if they know there's future plans for characters and other shows but you want them to have a good finish on their home show correct right because as much as they could be like oh well you know, Jean and Alex and Kelly and Brainy and like Nia, they're all still out there. But like, that doesn't mean those actors are going to continue playing those roles. You know, they can't, you can't put everybody on Legends as much as we'd like that. Um, you know, they can't just automatically be like, oh, well, you don't have a show anymore. Come on, Legends. Be part of the team over here. Well, it's great. Quite, quite literally how that show started. But yeah, no, it, it doesn't work for, doesn't work for everybody. They have too many shows to do it. Mm hmm. Right. And so, and I mean, you, of course, you have other actors that might want to move on to other projects, too. I know AZ's doing another show um, in Vancouver because she just said it, first, it was her first time on set, not on Supergirl. And she's like, it was weird not, you know, being around a bunch of different people that you haven't seen in a while. And I can understand that. It's, almost, it's like, I mean, you are starting a new job or... um you know, like almost like starting a new school where you're like, oh, I, I know the drill, but it's all different. Right. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. well, thanks for coming on, uh, this episode. I appreciate you being here and pinching in for, um, pinching in for Frank, um, who I think is just not welcome back. I, I think 
Well, it's a little harsh, but okay. Sorry, Frank. Sorry. <laughs> stay in stay in rainy Vancouver. Like you just stay there. Like like there's anything in Vancouver he'd be interested in. Yeah, no, there's nothing in Vancouver. Just the beauty and the coffee and the entire CW lineup um being filmed there. It's fine. They're not filming actually they're filming the Flash crossover right now. So mm-hmm. um yep. So if they go if they go perusing at night, you never like. I mean, you watch enough of these shows, you kind of figure out what parts of Vancouver like they they shoot in. Like, what are the regular streets and alleys, and you know, so uh, you know, chances are he could very easily um, catch um, the filming of at least Kyler, right? You know, because she's in um, she's in the crossover. That would be awesome if he that did. Would, I, I, that, I I hope he does. That'd be great. I hope he does too. Send I hope pictures. he does. Send pictures. <laughs> please, please. All right. Well, uh, that uh, that is that, everybody. Thank you all for being here. So until next time, up, up, and away.